0: of our campuses on this wonderful weekend, Mother's Day weekend. Can we give it up? Come on, for all the moms, all locations. We honor and love the moms. I want to say this, how grateful I am for my mom. Matter of fact, my mom is in this service. I don't know if the camera's there. Mom, why don't you just stand up? Just stand up. This is the one that prayed for me to come in. Stand up. There she is. There she is. And we honor you, Mom, today as well. My wife, who's the mother of my four children, our four children, and we're so honored uh, by her and what God has done in her life and through her life. And by the way, we un- don't underestimate in any way the power of a mom. Matter of fact, I, I, I'm an outdoorsman, and I so I spend a lot of time in the woods. And, and uh, for those of you that know anything about bear hunting, now, this is true. You can be around a male bear all day long. And, and you can, I'm telling you, particularly a black bear, and you can stand them down, stare them down, particularly if you're in a tree. But if you get between a mama bear and her cubs, you're getting ready to go to heaven. You know, I'm serious. I, I'm, I'm serious. And so there's something about a mom. There's just something about it. And that's a really great picture about a mom. So again, we want to say we honor you moms We love you. We are actually in a three-part series called Better. We're talking about better relationships. Week one, we had Dr. Les Parrott uh, talking about how to have a better marriage. And again, I want to encourage all of you to take the assessments. I trust that you guys have availed yourself to all the resources. You can take assessments. Take that with your spouse. Last week, I continued that theme. If you were not here, I talked about 10 rules of fighting fair. Uh, How to communicate, resolve conflict. Uh, in your marriage relationship. Today I want to continue. I want to talk to you about another relationship. And let me just say this. This is so, so important. Here's what I found out. Whatever relationship that you're in, whether husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, work relationships, friendships, parents and children, every relationship takes work. By the way, nobody just drifts into good relationships. It takes intentionality. Good relationships take work. Good relationships take, by the way, that's why we teach the Bible here. We believe that the Bible, yes, it talks about how to have a personal relationship with Christ and spend eternity with God. But it's also a manual with how to live with people in the here and now. When we do things God's way, everybody say God's way. When we do things God's way. Doesn't mean we don't experience pain. Doesn't mean that we don't experience. Of course, Jesus said, "In this world, you're going to go through some stuff." But we can learn how to do it better. Hence, the series title: We can do relationships better if we do it God's way. Today, I want to talk to you about our future, your future, and my future. I want to talk to you about children. I think it's appropriate on Mother's Day because. I mean, again, moms, what makes them great is how close their kids are to their heart. The reality is, is that you and I, well, we are in a unique moment in history, and there's a lot of warfare that's happening around children. There's a lot of different philosophies and ideologies that are vying for the attention, the affection of our kids, your kids and my kids. And I thought it'd be appropriate to talk to you about our future because the children today, the values that we place into them, the way that we believe for them, the way that we pray for them, they are our future. It's interesting. I started an organization, Cynthia Sellers runs it now. It's called uh, next generation the reality is we talk about next generation with kids. They are actually the now generation that will then become the next generation. The fact is our future is going to largely look like what we put into the hearts of kids today And that's why on Mother's Day. I thought there's no other better weekend This is not necessarily a parenting talk. It is a partnership talk how God has called all of us at all of our church locations to partner with parents to be able to put the Word of God in the hearts of young people There is a unique challenge that we are facing in our culture. So, today I want to talk to you about our future in three ways. Number one, I want to give you some statistics. Number two, I want to talk to you and open up the Bible and talk about a man that had a heart to rebuild. And I want to talk about that heart. I pray that that heart grips each one of us. And then number three, I want to give you three ways how we can practically be involved as a church. The generation that would be now quote the younger generation is called Generation Z. Generation Z was born between 1997 and 2012, so they'd be anywhere between eight, nine, and 27, 28 years old, and so largely reflecting a younger generation. First grade, or second grade, third grade, fourth grade, all the way through middle school, high school, and even into college and beyond. Let me give you a couple statistics about what's, called Generation Z. They currently are 74 million people in the United States. And I know that there are people that watch us around the world. This is a statistic particular to the United States. I'm sure it's very reflective around the world as well. 74 million people in the United States are part of this generation. And by the way, there's a lot of bad news about Generation Z. I'm going to give you some good news today. I would call the bad news popular opinion, but I thank God the Bible says, let God's word be true, let every man be a liar. How many of you know that God's word is stronger than man's word? God's opinion is stronger than man's opinion. The reality is that two out of three people in this generation are either currently leaving church or they've already left church. They're twice as likely as any other generation to become atheists. I'm talking about Generation Z. These are statistics. Only 3% of this generation is currently reading their Bibles regularly. So that's some bad news. But let me give you some good news. Well, let me give you one other thing. By the way... Interesting thing about COVID, many of you that have read the statistics of what's come out of there, I know it was great. It was a challenge for educators, challenge for people running organizations. What do you do? But the impact that's happened to kids, you can now see it. The isolation, are we going to go to school? Are we not going to go to school? So, what kids gave themselves is to technology at enormous rates. The most connected technological generation, Generation Z, but the most disconnected from human interaction. And the attending results of that. What mental health issues, psychological, emotional. I mean, as kids, we actually went outside and played. How many of y'all remember that? How many of y'all remember that? That is so foreign today. And yet it helped in the social, emotional development. That's what we did. The reality is, is this generation has been attacked on every side. They feel disconnected. They feel judged pressure to be perfect. They're anxious. they anxiety disorders. That is a problem. Everybody say there's a problem. Now I want you to say we have an opportunity. Come on. Whenever there's a problem, we have an opportunity. We don't go by man's opinion. We go by God's opinion. God is able to change anything around. And I believe that this Generation Z that has so many negative labels on it is actually properly positioned to be a revival generation. We we are so grateful. Listen, we're so grateful that every one of our campuses, the Holy Spirit's being poured out on Wednesday night. Young people are being called by God to make an impact by God in their generation. How many are grateful for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the lives of young people? And let me tell you something, and I'm going to talk about it. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I am so grateful for Pastor Dave Anderson, who's leading at all of our campuses, Central Support. There is a revival that's happening with young people. Yeah, there's a lot of negative news, but there's a lot of good news. A lot of good news. You're going to see a lot of passion in me. Probably more than you've seen in a long time. And I've been preparing this. As matter of fact, we've been meeting with our children's team, our youth team. I'm going to give you statistics. I'm going to talk about how we can partner with you guys. And by the way, I want to say this. This is an important thing I want to say. I read a wonderful article by a woman recently. And here's what she said. She says, I do not want to co-parent my kids with the government. I thought that was some good stuff. But let me, let me help you some. And you should not, by the way. By the way, you should be involved in everything that your kids are involved in. Every school. I don't care what school. You should be involved with their learning. You should be right in there. But let me give you something else. The church should not co-parent your kids with you either. We should partner with you as you parent your kids. God's given you the authority to raise up your kids. How many of y'all believe that? We believe that. So we want to partner. Now, by the way, we're good partners. But God's given you authority. God's given you authority to raise your kids in the wisdom of God. It's interesting in the Bible, there's a man, his name is Nehemiah. I've taught on Nehemiah throughout the years, the last 22 years. I've been the pastor here at Church of the King. And and it's a unique moment in the history of Israel. Israel actually as a nation was in captivity twice. One in Egypt, God raised up Moses. And then technically a second time, around 580 to 600 BC, kind of that 20-year rung in there. The Jewish people, they were in Jerusalem, they're they're, they're worshiping their God, they're doing it, and all of a sudden, this foreign army comes, the Babylonians, they come, now I taught through the book of Daniel, and you guys can go, and I actually taught through it twice over the last 20 years, and remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what happened was this foreign army, the Babylonians came into Jerusalem, and they took, interestingly, the first group that they took back to Babylon were the young to inculcate them with values, Babylonian values, Babylonian language. They rename the kids. By the way, if the world can rename you, if they can get you to speak their own language, and if they can inculcate their worldview, that's how they can control you. And that's exactly what happened with the Babylonians. And that's the whole book of that's what the whole book of Daniel's about, about how God raised this young man up. It's just powerful. Now, why is that important? What the Babylonians did is they destroyed the walls, they destroyed the city, they took these actually there was three what's called deportations. They took them to Babylon. Babylon was then taken over by Persia. The Jewish people, after 70 years of captivity, started to be released to go back to their homeland to rebuild the temple first under Ezra and then to rebuild the walls. Nehemiah comes on the scene. Nehemiah is serving the Persian king. He hears about, he's a cupbearer. He hears about his city, his people. That the city is still laying in ruins. The walls are down. The, 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 the city is still decimated. And his heart is burdened. His heart is broken. And so he goes to the Persian king and asks the Persian king, Would you allow me to go back... And to help rebuild the walls of my city listen to the context here because my prayer in all of our locations whether baton rouge biloxi bay st louis all of our our locations that we would have a spirit of nehemiah to rebuild and listen to me what i'm going to say nehemiah was a unique figure that god raised up and here's what he said when he got to the city he rallied the troops he said wow This thing is broken down. By the way, we live in a culture that is rapidly broken down with biblical values. The reality of the biblical illiteracy that's happening, I'm talking about in the United States. I'm going to give you some statistics. And here's what Nehemiah said. Nehemiah in 4.14, he said, the book says, I looked and I arose, and I said to the nobles, to the leaders, he's back in Jerusalem, and the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. <clears throat> Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. When you went back, listen to this, when you go back, he said, I want you to understand something. Don't be afraid that there's got to be a spirit on the inside of you that you've got to fight for them. Spiritually speaking, you've got to believe for them. You've got to pray for them. You've got to roll up your sleeve and do whatever you can. There was, when I read this, it so gripped me, and I thought about the young generation. He says, for your sons and your daughters. And I have a survey, by a a friend of mine, very, very, one of the largest churches in America. uh, He did a survey with the junior high and high school kids in his church and and that he pastors. And and, and this is a real survey. Matter of fact, I think I put it in the the message notes because I want you to, and this is the top responses of the kids of thousands of kids. This was done last year. So this is very current, actually about six months ago. Things students wish their parents knew. When you hear this, I'm praying that the spirit of Nehemiah rises up in all of us and grips us that we, quote, at a whole nother level, fight spiritually for our kids. By the way, I'm not just fighting for my kids. I'm fighting for your kids. We all need to do this. Listen to this. Number one, things students wish their parents knew. Number one, even though my actions did not show it, I desperately want to please them. Number two, I wish my parents knew how much I love them, even though I don't always say it. Number three, I wish my parents knew how much I treasure their advice, even when I showed I couldn't care less. Number four, I wish my dad knew how much I loved holding his hand, even when I act like it embarrassed me in front of my friends. Number five, I wish my parents knew that when they Wouldn't let me date that guy. I acted mad. But I was really thankful that they were fighting for me. I wish my parents knew instead of threatening to punish me, I needed them to actually do it. Number seven, I wish my parents knew that when I saw them fight all the time, it really messed me up. I want to encourage parents. Listen, I'm not a perfect parent at all. I'm not a perfect husband. You guys hear about that all the time. Don't fight in front of your kids. Go in the room and have discussions. You want to create anxiety in the hearts of your kids? Fight. The most important moment to produce security in the heart of a kid is when their parents are on the same page. Go in your room. Have a healthy discussion. Don't fight in front of your kids. Here's another one. I wish my parents knew that their words impacted me more than any others. Number nine. I wish that my parents knew, I wish that I could open up to my parents and tell them about my mistakes. Number 10, I wish that they knew the evils that I face every day. Wow. Wow. Pornography on that phone. I remember as a kid, if you wanted to look at pornography, you go to Time Saver and ask somebody over 21 if they'd go get something for you. <laughs> Nobody would ever do it. Thank God. <laughs> thank God that I never, have... today, let me tell you, how many of you know, pornography is looking for them every day when they open their phone? How, I mean, no, we've got a generation that's being invaded by, the, by hell. But I'm so grateful that we have a generation that we're believing is going to be invaded by heaven and the power of God's people. I wish that the, my parents knew the fear that I hide behind my rebellion. Listen to this one. I wish they knew how hard it is to stay pure. I read this list. It stirred something inside me. Do you guys hear the cry? Do you hear that? This is real kids. This is thousands of kids. Real kids, real things. You know what they're saying? Is there, is there anybody that's going to fight for me? Is there anybody that's going to believe for me? Are we just going to allow the culture just to, and just, just to take them down a trail? Is there anybody that I'm their pastor that says we're going to fight for the kids and believe for God to do great things in the lives of kids? Is anybody with me on that? Is there a, I'm asking you guys. So what do we do at Church of the King? At Church of the King, we design the church. To partner with you, remember this: the government does not co-parent your kids with you. You need to know everything about what's going on with your kids. You need to be involved. But the church doesn't co-parent. We partner with you. God's given you the authority to help parent, to to parent your children. So we're here to help you. We're here to assist with you. All right. So how do we set up the church? Here's how we set up the church. On, and for those of you that may not know, there's so many new people in our church since Easter. There's so many new people that have never, that whether they've never been to church before, they've never been to a church like ours before, whatever it is. So on, on the weekend, this is important, from six weeks all the way, this is important, for all the way through fifth grade on Sunday morning, we have something for your kids. By the way, we're also implementing sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. The campus pastors will tell you about that. We're actually going to be doing something as well on Sunday morning coming up in the summertime. But so what do we do? We have children's church. Everybody say children's church. Okay, so here's the deal. Once those kids, I think it's two or three years old, once they get out of nursery, they start getting the word. Of course, they're we're as young as they can. They start getting the Word of God, and we have services for them. For example, K-1-2, kindergarten, first and second grade, then 3-4-5, third, fourth, and fifth grade. They have a service. They have praise and worship. They hear the teaching, which is the Word of God. Number two, then they go into then small groups. And then number three, we have age-specific curriculum. For example... You guys may not know this, but we have 6 years of curriculum that that that, that we if you if a kid comes when they come over the next 6 5 to 6 years they learn all these biblical themes. Again, we want to partner with you. Here's the deal. We're not just babysitting kids giving them lollipops. We're putting the word of a, listen, we're putting the word of a living God in the hearts of those kids. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word, the Lord says, shall not pass away. The word of God. That's the true north for a kid. The word of God shall not return void. And that's why it's so critical to be in church. That's why it's so critical to have your kids in church. I, I, saw, I say this in respect. About a year ago, I saw a guy who hadn't been in our church since COVID. And I understand in the first stand it was hell for people, but then it became Habit. And he said, Pastor, oh, man, I hadn't seen you. It was about a year. I said, man, I hadn't seen you. He had his kids. He goes, man, he goes, man, we were so faithful at church. He goes, man, we just kind of got out the habit. Now we're just having so much fun on Saturday and Sunday. Isn't that right, kids? We're not going to church. We hadn't been in a year. But, man, you know, we'll watch you every now and then in front of your kids. What about the kids? What about them getting the word of God in their hearts? Let me tell you, we're one generation away from being Europe. I was in Canada last week. I, went to, I was in Edmonton, Canada, and I, and, I, and I went to Bruce Chris Steakhouse. Can I have a witness in God's house? Listen, I went there, I, I, and I thought, you know, some New Orleans. I said, we're going to go try it out, you know, see if it's your. And, I, and I, I was polling people, said, you guys go to church? I said, you go to church? Nobody goes to church in Canada. It's like, well, you know, they, they weren't just hostile. They're just like, we've just never been. We never grew up in church. We never heard. And we had, one guy says, I have an aunt. I think she goes to a Lutheran church every now and then. There's a whole generation of young people. They don't know about God. They're agnostic. They don't know about God. They don't know about Jesus. They don't know about heaven. Nothing. I've been in Europe many, 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 many times. Let me tell you something. I don't want us to have Europe. I don't want us to have. God. We need a church. Let me tell you. We need a culture that young people know the Word of God. They know how to get to heaven. They know who Christ is, and they know who they are in Christ. And I say that respectfully to all my European and Canadian friends. I'm going to tell you something. It's only the Word of God and young people that changes a culture. Pastor, why are you fired up about it? Because I want to fight for our kids. How about you? That's why. I thought this was Mother's Day. It is. You get between a mother bear and their kids, they'll rip your head off. You know, literally a bear. I'm broken. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned about COVID. I, I, listen, I understood the health concerns. on I'm going to tell you something. It's way about habit now and not about health. What about the kids? And let me talk to grandparents for a moment. It's your responsibility, too, to make sure that those kids are good. And if your kids won't bring those grandkids to church, you pick up those kids and bring them to church. You bring them to church. I say this about me. I thank God. My parents are right here. I thank God. I've never in my life not gone to church. You never had an option in my house. We went to church. My parents went. Out. I told my mom at one time, I said, I'm not going to church. I'm 16. I'm married. She goes, then great. You're not going to eat. I'm not giving you lunch money. It wasn't an option. There was no option. I, and let me tell you something. I would sit there sometimes, I had long hair, fly, and see, he goes, yeah, nah, you know, it was, yeah, uh, But the word of God was going in my heart. The presence of God was there. And listen, I lived my first semester in college in my parents' home. When I went to Tulane, she goes, you live in this home, you're going to church. I said, you can't do that. That's illegal. She goes, then get out. I said, all right, I'll go to church. It's there that two girls invited me and I got born again. Keep and get your kids in church. <laughs> just thought I'd just share that with y'all. Just gotta get it. <laughs> We have a whole nation at stake. What do we do for youth on Wednesday night? Limitless youth, weekly gatherings, small groups, I'm so grateful for what God is doing, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, there's a lot of negative with gener- Generation Z, but there's a lot of positive. There's, I'm, I, by the way, those of you that got saved, you, you're probably 70 at this point. You got saved in the early 70s. How many all remember the Jesus movement when the Spirit? How, how many all remember that? Remember the Jesus movement? Let me tell you something. I believe Generation Z is being, just Google Jesus movement and go on, not when I'm preaching, God will show me. Okay, <laughs> don't you do that. But, but watch it. And, and let me tell you, it's the same time. You go in the late 60s, all the social stuff, all the stuff. It was a perfect positioning where kids began to crowd to God. I believe Generation Z is being perfectly positioned for an outpouring, another Jesus movement in our nation. That's what I believe. That's what I believe. So we have Wednesday night youth. Bring your kids to youth on Wednesday night. Drop them off. Make them come. We have weekly gatherings at youth. We have small groups. You know what? I was, my heart was so blessed. Doug Connor. He's gonna. I, he doesn't know I'm gonna say this. Somebody sent me a picture. Doug Conner is a captain in the Coast Guard. He ran the base in New Orleans. I mean, this guy's had you know thousands of people that were over. He, he, he was over, and he retired. And he's in. He's in our church. And and Doug Connor's sitting there. This guy's a captain. Got five master's degree, aeronautical engineer, and he's sitting down in a circle with twelve year old boys. Teaching them the Word of God last Wednesday. We need parents involved. We need parents. We need grandparents to be involved, helping to teach in children's church and with youth. Would you help us as we partner with you? Let's put the Word of God in the hearts of kids. It's the only thing that's going to save our nation. It's the only thing. It's the Word of the living God. Thank God for Doug. So here's the deal. If you want any information, I'm going to ask you to text the word parent to 822-822. Or go to churchoftheking.com. Children's church. Get the kids in church. Kids. Grandparents. You know what? I just got to keep going. I, by the way, we have stuff for college kids as well. District. How many of y'all love Pastor Russell? Come on, Pastor Russell. <laughs> Pastor Rhino is moving to Baton Rouge. We've got an incredible facility up there. 50 acres. 200,000 square feet of buildings in Baton Rouge, by the way. It's incredible. And we've got a college ministry that's launching there. Sabina's been doing a great job. We're just, we're just, we're gonna, we're gonna reach all those college kids and we're reaching, everywhere we have a campus, we're gonna, if there's college kids, we're launching district to be able to reach kids. So it's, it's children, it's youth, and it's college. So excited about that. All right, let me give you three things and then we'll close. Number one, here's what we can do. Pray for this generation. Pray. Prayer works. How many of y'all believe prayer works? Raise your hand. You believe prayer works. We believe it. We believe prayer works. What do I pray? I'm going to show you in a minute. This week, my daughter, she's, she's in seminary in uh, California. She goes to Fuller Seminary, and she's studying to be a therapist. And she texts my wife and I this week. And by the way, I want to say this. I've not been a perfect parent, and our kids have had our ups and downs. So trust me, I'm not a perfect, a lot of people think the pastor should be a marriage expert, a parent expert, a financial expert, an architectural expert, a Bible expert. I'm just like a child of God kind of doing the best I can. <laughs> and I'm a decent little Bible preacher. So, so let me say this, but listen, so, so I don't set myself, I'm the parent expert. Come to my seminar on Saturday. I'm like, man, I'm trying to figure this thing out like you guys, but I'm gonna tell you three things that we have done, and it's working. Number one, we pray for our kids every day. I don't care if they're in high school. I was like, "Come here!" I lay my hands on. Dad, it's ridiculous, you know. I like, no, I'm gonna pray for you. And my daughter, at Texas, us. she goes, "Dad," she talks to Jennifer and I on a group day, She goes, "I don't know what's going on. I'm sensing the presence of God all day long. You guys must be praying extra for me." For her to put the connection between our prayers and how she's sensing God's presence—that's the goal. That's the goal. Everybody say prayer works. (laughs) Call out to God. Call out to God. What do we pray? Three things. We pray for our kids to revere and honor God. Proverbs 1 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Psalms 34 11, come, you children, listen to me. I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. Again, our kids are all different places. We've had our ups and downs, but I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. My son, I was sitting with my son the other day. My oldest son, he said, "Dad, he says I'm so say, thank you so much for not giving up. Thank you so much." He's a senior at LSU. He's going to be working this summer at our church doing 252. He's he's on fire for God. Let me tell you this, listen, but let me tell you, we had seasons. Listen to me. Put the word in their heart. Put the prayer. Lay hands on. Them. I don't care if they're in front of the. Stop doing that. No, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to lay hands on you and pray for you. I don't care how tall you are. Are you with me? Just some of y'all, just I don't care, I'll tell you. I'm so, I'm so great. There's a single mom in this church. I, if I said her name, she's so, I see she brings her son, who's huge, next door. I'm so grateful, I wanna say this to all the single moms. We honor you, we thank you for making it a priority to bring your, we love you so much, I'm telling you. Pray for your kids. Everybody say, pray for your kids. Grandparents, you've got the opportunity. Pray for your grandkids. You, you, let me tell you, you're the one, if, if your kids, if you're, if they're just going to be distracted every day on the weekend, then you pick up those kids, you pray for those kids, your grandkids I'm talking about. B pray for them to be surrounded with divine favor. I've told my kids with this since they're young. I'm not that good. Everything that you see, God has supernaturally empowered me to do. In my own strength, I fail. But it's God. God will help you in school. God will help you in your job. Psalms 5:12. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You'll surround them with a shield. I tell them. I pray that on them. I pray for them also to have godly friends and influences. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens another. Let me take some. You guys have heard this, show me your friends and I'll show you your what? Future. I pray for them to have godly friends. And let me give you one other thing. I pray for them to have godly relationship, good relationship with the pastors in our church. Jennifer and I made a decision early on. I don't talk about all this that I was going to make sure that my kids had relationship with pastors, with the youth pastors, whether it's Pastor Jason, Pastor Dave Anderson. And when they get upset with me, I'm so grateful that they can call the pastors. I said, you know, one time one of my sons go, I don't know, I'm so mad at you. I'm just calling Pastor Doug. That's a good thing. That's called partnership. I don't know about you. Maybe you're a better parent than me, but I need the church to partner with me. And listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Oh, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there for a minute. Listen to me. Be careful that you don't burn the bridge for your kid between them and church with your tongue running down the pastors in this church. (laughs) Be careful. Because listen to me. Listen to me. I have never said one negative or critical thing about anybody. I don't talk about the church. Because the bridge for them to come back to church is also the bridge that people burn up because they run down the pastor. They run down the youth. And, And we wonder why our kids don't like church. I'm not perfect. So just tell your kids, Pastor Steve said he's not perfect. But hold the the youth. Pastor Dave's not perfect. He's from Ireland. We can't even understand him. I'm sorry. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's just terrible. I apologize. Okay. Other campuses don't get that. But anyway. Pastor Randy and Pastor Doug are like uncles to all of my kids. Because i built that. i built that. You build that into your kids. Honor. Number one, everybody say pray for your kids. Number two, I'll say it again, I'll say it quickly, prioritize church. You know what makes me cry as a, as a, as a pastor? I'm getting like all sentimental. By the way, if you watch that Mother's Day video, you'll cry too. You know what makes me just, it brings tears to my eyes when I see a family in church and the, and, the, and the dad is honoring God and the mom. And I know there's different dynamics of families. I understand. There's, we love the single moms. I get all of that. But boy, I tell you, man, there's, there's when I'll see a, see a family and their kids and their, and, and even though if the kids are teenagers and they're maybe doing like this, but I'm going to tell you something. Look at me, guys. Look, I want everybody. They're watching you. They're watching you. I'm telling you, they're watching you. And they see the presence of God touch you and, and your tears, I'm telling you, this generation needs people to fight for them. And I wanna honor, I, and I say this, I, I, I wanna, and, and, and again, and that's why COVID has been so destructive. It's been destructive because it's threw people off and habits and routines. Let's get back, let's get back to that. Let's get back to being, this is not for me, but it's for you, it's for our nation, it's for our, it's for our, it's for, it's for, it's for them prioritize the house of God. Jesus grew up going to church. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and his custom was he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Hebrews chapter 10, let us hold fast. The confession of our hope without wavering for He who promises faithful, let us not. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves with others. I want to talk to our online audience. We're so grateful. We have about 15,000 people every weekend that watch online. Listen to me, I want to say this. Before COVID, it was 30% outside of our areas where our campuses were and 70% local people around that were watching. It's flipped. So we're reaching 70%. So 10,000 people in different parts of our country and the world that are watching on the weekend and we're honored to have them. Do we, do we honor them? Come on, Church of the King, can we do that? <laughs> Listen to me. <clears throat> but 30% of the people that are watching online are, are live by our campuses. We have all the data. We know where they're, they're signing in. I want to say this. If you're watching online, unless you're sick, Unless you're out of town, you need to be in the house of God. You need to be with the presence of God, with the people of God, worshiping God. Are you with me? How many of y'all believe it's important to be in God's presence with God's people? You need to be there. Let me give this third and last one. Partner in the development of the younger generation. If you're 12 years old, my little daughter, I brought her to church last night. And um, I said, honey, you're going you're to be volunteering for VBS? Okay, Dad, I guess so. Yeah, I, I guess. You know, sure. I say you need to. Let's do this. So, if you're 12, serve in the children's church. If you're 22, go through the classes and the training. We've got all that. Be be a small group leader for Limitless. If you're a parent, get involved. Get involved. Remember, we, you're the parent. We just we want to partner with you to help you. But be involved. Be involved. Be 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 a leader. Come to come to Limitless. Come to the. The Bible talks about. I'll close with this. Older women. Teach the younger women. Older men, teach the younger men. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. But you must continue in the things which you've learned and be assured of knowing from whom you have learned them. So I'll give you these things. Be an example, be available, and be positive about them. Be an example, be available, and be positive about them. I wasn't trying to be critical of any nation. So don't email me this week. I'm from Canada. I feel offended. Because <laughs> I'm not going to read it. I'm really, I'm like, whatever, they missed the whole point. I don't even care. Of course, there's wonderful things about Canada. There's wonderful things about Europe. I'm talking about spiritual values. I'm talking about spiritual values here. And as a pastor, I'm concerned. And as a pastor, I'm doing everything I can. I'm doing everything I can. We're doing everything we can. We love you guys. We believe in you. We love the moms. We love the dads. But it's going to take all of us. It's going to take every. I'm going to ask all of our campus pastors to come on stage right now. It's going to take every single one of us, every single one of us, rolling up our sleeves, believing God, crying out for a Jesus movement, a Holy Spirit outpouring, crying out to God, being in God's house, standing in faith, volunteering to teach a kid like Captain Connor, just just being involved. We need you. We need one another. Let me reframe that our kids need us to partner together come on how many y'all how many y'all received that please remain seated pastor doug all of the campus passion i'm gonna turn it back to
1: them amen and amen wow what an amazing message today i don't know about you but i'm personally challenged to really believe and really invest in this next generation like never before and if you're a mom and you joined us for service today i just want to say again Happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you so much for all that you do. I think about my wife and everything that she does for our kids, both the seen and the unseen, and I'm just filled with gratitude for all that she does. And if you're out there, I pray that you would feel encouraged and cherished today as a mom. And don't forget that we have a free, gift card for you to go get a free cup of coffee on us today. You're not gonna wanna forget to go and get yourself that free cup of coffee. There's a link in the chat room right now. Go ahead and get that coffee on us. So thank you for joining us today. I do wanna mention that in just one week we have Serve Day coming up on May 14th. And if you're part of one of our physical locations, we'd love to see you there for our Serve Day rally and being a part of a project to really serve our community and show the love of God practically to the people in the communities all around us. And if you're part of our online campus, We're gonna do serve day all across the United States and the world. So wherever you are, I would encourage you to find a need in your community and meet it. You never know know what's gonna happen when you step out and really serve someone, no strings attached, with the love of God, how God can really use that and use you to change someone's life for eternity. So don't miss being a part of serve day on May 14th. Just go to churchoftheking.com slash serve day to see how you can be a part. With that being said, we loved having you for church today. Thank you so much for being here. Again, happy Mother's Day. We love you so much and we can't wait to see you back here for church next week. Have an awesome week and we'll see you soon.